Hey everyone, it's Simon here. We had in-person church this weekend, so that means I get to record a special podcast-only version of the sermon from Sunday. And uh, for those who might not know, maybe you're new or visiting the podcast, thank you so much. On behalf of Maria, my wife, and I, and our whole family, uh, we want to invite you to one of our in-person services. We're holding them fortnightly. On the off weeks, we have online church, we have connect groups, we have all sorts of stuff happening. We're a new church plant, and uh, the journey is just beginning, really. So if you want more information on Everyone Church, where we're meeting, what we're all about, head to our website, find us on Instagram, Facebook, get in touch with us, and we'd love to answer any questions you might have. But last year, uh, in June last year, actually, we shared on our values in our first ever online services. And these are four core values that Maria and I laid out as foundations and boundary lines for us as a new church plant. And over this season of uh, increased in-person services, right now we're in fortnightly and our goal is to move to weekly as soon as we can. Uh, and we wanted to re- we wanted to revisit these values for a few reasons. One is we never really got to share them in person. We've, we've, we've shared about them a lot, but never really got to share these original, you know, what we value teachings. Uh, and also, uh, the, the truth is, is most people who are in our church right now weren't part of our church in June last year, which is great and exciting. And and as dynamics change and news cycles change and context change and all this kind of stuff, we want to keep what we value at the forefront. And we know a number of people listening to the podcast today or, or, or and people who are at church on Sunday are, have decided to make everyone church their home church, which we are so excited and grateful about, like that people uh, would make this home for them, a spiritual home. And for us, uh, it's just amazing how quick a church plant can start to really feel like home, even though we're meeting uh, in, in a at a go-kart track, pretty much. Uh, it feels like home, and we're we're just loving the journey. And if you are still on the fence, you're still deciding, I hope that these, as we share these values, it helps you get to know us and helps you bring clarity as you pray through this whole decision-making process. And also, we want to share these values because although the church belongs to God and has foundational beliefs that will never change, many local churches carry with them a unique DNA. It's where the big church becomes the local church. And you know, if you went to any church in our area or, or across our nation, you would find each of those churches have a unique flavor. It, might, it could be uh, because of the do- denomination. It could be because of their core beliefs. It could be all that kind of stuff. But I, I just find local churches have a local DNA, don't they? And and so we're, we're looking to answer these questions. What does everyone church value? What's our DNA? What do we hold in high regard? So we started with the first a few weeks ago, and that is at Everyone Church, we follow Jesus. We pursue Him, His Word, His will, His glory, His way. Everyone Church is and always will be about Jesus and our pursuit of Him. And over the last couple of weeks, we shared on the second, and that is at Everyone Church, we lean into faith friendships. We look to do life with friends. Our posture is lean in. We love one another. You know, friendship is a means to love one another, right? Uh, we look, we lean into friendship, not just association. So if you uh, missed any of those, listen to the last few episodes of the podcast uh, or check out our YouTube channel and you'll find those on there. Uh, this week, I want to look at our next value and, and it's a big one. I know I say that every every time, but this is a big one and that is at Everyone Church, we engage in discipleship. We engage in discipleship. We dive into the intentional journey towards spiritual maturity. 
Our goal is to grow. Now, just a couple of notes. What do we mean by discipleship? Because that word is never used in the New Testament, which isn't a big deal because neither is the word Trinity, for example. Uh, and we clearly know what, oh, we should know what that means. Uh, in, in church life, you know, we can use the word discipleship in a few different ways. You know, we might, we might use it to um, describe a small group, like a discipleship group. Uh, we might use it to describe a mentoring relationship, like this person is discipling me. But when we hear uh, talk about discipleship, uh, what, we, what we're talking about is our pursuit of spiritual maturity, our journey towards spiritual maturity, your journey, your pursuit, not, not someone else's pursuit on your behalf. No, I'm talking to you, your pursuit. There's no church program or structure that can force you to mature and grow. You need to decide to take up your cross and follow Jesus. You need to decide to start that journey, that journey toward spiritual maturity. Now, what is spiritual maturity? Well, when we accept Jesus into our lives and he does the miraculous work of forgiveness and we're born again, we're made into new creations, we begin the journey toward being with Jesus in heaven forever and becoming like him on earth. It says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. So there's a beginning. There's a beginning. So if there's a beginning, there is an end in sight. And that end is to become like Christ. Jesus said in John 14.6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Now that word, the way, is translated from the original Greek word hodos, H-O-D-O-S. So, and that word literally means a traveled way, a course of conduct, or a manner of thinking, feeling, and deciding. So Jesus isn't just the way to heaven, but he's also the way to live. So what is discipleship? What is the way of Jesus? What is the lifestyle of Jesus? It's your journey toward learning how to think, feel, and decide the way Jesus would have you. It's learning to think, feel, and act as a Christian, as Christ would. And, you know, we've shared this verse in Philippians 2, verse 12 to 13, many times before, but I think it just encapsulates so much of what we're trying to say here. Paul says in verse 12, Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. Now, just pause there before we read verse 13. What are the results of your salvation? Well, it says right there, obedience to obey God with reverence and fear, to grow more like Jesus. You know, Jesus, was, one of the hallmarks of Christ's character was obedience to the Father and glorifying Him. And, and we want to display Christ's character in our thoughts and actions. Then in, in verse 13, it says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. So we don't do this alone. God, by the Holy Spirit, gives us the, the desire, meaning he changes our desires, right? And the power to mature, the power to do what pleases him. And that's what it's all about. We want to please him. The end goal is Jesus in everything. Jesus in my thoughts, feelings, and actions. Jesus in my responses. Jesus in my motivations. Jesus in my intentions. Jesus in my identity. Jesus being glorified through me. It says in Galatians 2.20, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. 
So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Jesus in everything. Discipleship is about laying down my ways for his ways. And you know what? That's the crux of it here is many Christians do not mature because they don't want to lay down their ways. They don't want to just surrender, submit their life to Christ and the way he would have them live. So there's so much we could say about spiritual maturity, about growing in Jesus, about discipleship. And I hope that you catch the point here that the end goal of this discipleship journey is to be like Jesus and grow in him. I think about my son, Roger, who is two and a half now, and he's really starting to fly around the house and you know jump on the couch and do all crazy stuff two and a half year olds do. But I remember when he started to walk uh, and he was kind of finding his feet and he was, you know, fumbling here and there. And that was okay because he's, he was, he's young, he's figuring it out, he's learning, you know. I love it when a, when a toddler tries to jump for the first time and they do like this, they, they squat down, they, they extend their, they, it's like in their mind they have just jumped a meter in the air, but their feet haven't even lifted off the ground. And you're just like, wow, that was amazing. You know, and that's what you do as, as a parent of a toddler. You, everything they do is amazing, right? But this is the thing. If he was like 15 and f- still finding his feet and still trying to jump, but not his lifting his feet off the ground at all, look, we'd be a little bit concerned, right? Uh, because, you know, it's one thing to find your feet when you're young. It's another thing to have to continually find your feet at, when you're older. Now, we all, we all are on our journey with Jesus. And if, and if you're not finding your feet as a Christian, like if you're years into your journey with Christ and you're still finding your feet, you're still struggling with the basics of like Bible reading, prayer, doing life in, in church with faith, friendships, and community, then we have an issue, a development issue here. And what is the issue? Well, it could be bad doctrine. It could be an offense. You know, that, that stops someone from... I honestly think when you hold unforgiveness and offense, it's like a lid goes on the top of your maturity maturity journey and it's like, you uh-uh. You got to stop right there until you get past that offense and unforgiveness. Or maybe you have wrong practices. Maybe you're not praying the right way. Maybe you're not reading and applying the Bible the right way. And it is Maria and my goal and passion as pastors here at Everyone Church to serve you and help you mature in Jesus. That is why we engage in discipleship. We dive into the intentional journey toward spiritual maturity. Our goal is to grow. So, how do we engage in discipleship? What does it look like in real life, in real time? I always think about it in, uh, I, 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 I'm a visual type person. So I think about how I've got all these kind of tools in my garage and I'm not a, a big uh, builder type guy. I love guitars. I love fiddling with guitars and gear and stuff like that. But you know, I've got a drill. I've got a lawnmower. I've got a gurney. I've got all these tools, and I'm not totally useless. I can fix stuff. I can put up blinds. I can, you know, I, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> but if I need to fix anything complex, I usually uh, give my dad a call, or I call a professional, right? And I have tools to fix stuff, but I still need tradies. And in our Christian life, God has given us so many tools, you think about the Bible, and the Bible is even more than just a tool. It, it, it's it's our, our it's spiritual bread. It's the what sustains us as as believers. But you think about podcasts, worship music, sermons, 
why is it that we have all the resource in the world, <laughs> more resource than any Christians in history, yet it seems like we're so undeveloped and malformed spiritually? And in my experience, and what I see as a scriptural pattern is that it's not just about the tools we use, but it's also about the tradies we call upon. So how do we engage in discipleship? What does this look like in real life, in real time? Well, I think what does this look like might not be the most appropriate question. I think the better question is, who does it look like in my life? Who does it look like? Who is helping me grow? You know, God uses people to help us mature. God uses the people around me to help achieve his purposes within me. Oh, we'd love to just do it on our own and figure it all out, but that's not how the kingdom of heaven works, right? You know, we have so much resource today, but we don't have enough relationships. I heard a great quote from a guy named Jude Forquay. He said, what God blesses as a supplement, he curses as a substitute. Meaning, there are some things in my life that are supplements. They add to. Yeah, I think about, I think it's 1 Peter or 2 Peter. Peter says, uh, supplement your faith with good deeds. With you know, There's things that add to our faith, but they're just add-ons. They're supplements. And when we start to treat them as substitutes, well, we have an issue there, right? It becomes more of an idol type thing, more of a, a crutch. And there is no substitute. Hear me now. There is no substitute for the body of Christ for people around you. Uh, you you can engage in a chat all you want. You can um, you know visit church every six months all you want. But there is no substitute for being in a community of believers. And I'll show you this in Scripture. Let's look at Ephesians chapter four, verse eleven to sixteen. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation, and we're going to read this whole portion of Scripture, and then I want to kind of talk about it a little bit. So here we go. Verse 11. Now these, this is the Apostle Paul speaking, by the way. He says this, now these are the gifts Christ gave the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Verse 13. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Verse 14, Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Verse 16, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Now, I know that's a, a large portion of scripture, and I could encourage you to check it out yourself in Ephesians 4, 11 to 16. But it's, it's basically saying these are the gifts given to the church, and that is the goal. The goal is to become like Christ and to be mature and in unity and not to be tossed about by wind, by by controversies and winds of new doctrine. No, no. And he also says, these are the gifts, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So there's the gift, and then there's the goal. Now, remember, though, that th- these aren't just gifts floating around in the sky. They're people. 
This is a huge point. Catch this. They are people. God puts gifts in people. God has put people in the body of Christ, in your life, to help you mature. And this is what discipleship is about. This is what it looks like. Discipleship is about the ones who don't know seeking out the ones who do know. It's about the person who doesn't understand the Bible learning from the person who does. It's about the person who doesn't know how to pray learning from the person who does. It's about the person who doesn't know how to worship learning from the person who does. It's about the person who doesn't know how to tell others about Jesus learning from the person who does, right? Remember, Christianity is communal. And we've mentioned this over and over the past few weeks. You know, I, I, I really picture a discipleship is a bit like a rugby scrum. Now, I'm not talking about the NRL scrums where people are like, you know, just stand there and it's just kind of like fake. No, I'm talking about those rugby union scrums where you're shoulder to shoulder. Now, just picture this with me. You're shoulder to shoulder with your brothers and sisters in the Lord, with your teammates, and you engage, you know, the ref yells, engage, and you lock shoulders, and in, in, you engage in the push toward victory, the, the, the push toward maturity. And this is what discipleship is about. It's about working together, shoulder to shoulder, in the push toward maturity. It takes discipline. It takes work and it takes the help of others. That's why at Everyone Church, we engage in discipleship. And you know, we read uh, Ephesians 4 earlier. Uh, I love it when it says in verse 12, their responsibility, all these people with all these gifts, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, it says. Notice it says, to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church. Not to build up me and my ministry, no. It's to build up the church, to help equip people to do the work God has called them to do. God has a work for you to do at home, at work, in your community, and in the world. And it's our job as pastors and also your job as a, as a, as a member of the body of Christ to help others be equipped to do the work God has called them to do. And I will say this, you know, it, it really isn't just Maria and my job. No, no. Uh, I want to just give a quick challenge to you if you're listening to this today, and maybe you are mature in the Lord. You you, you might, you know, not all of us, we're not perfect, right? Uh, but you have some runs on the board, maybe. You've, you've been following Christ for a while. You have an understanding of the scriptures and all these kind of things. Allow God to make use of you to help make other disciples. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 28, verse 18, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. And then in verse 19, therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Matthew uh, 28, 18 to 20, the famous great commission of Christ. And you know, I mentioned discipleship is about the ones who don't know seeking out the ones who do, and it's also about the ones who do know making themselves available to help make disciples. And in many ways, your greatest disciple-making ability is your availability, your availability. I just find it so curious and funny how uh, the mature, quote-unquote mature Christians, the ones who've been around for a while, are the ones who like to skip church or skip this and that, and, and they say things like, oh, I'm mature. I don't need a sermon every week. I don't need church. Well, in truth, you might not need to hear me preach every week, but someone needs you to be there to be available, to help encourage 
them. And you know, the pinnacle of maturity is knowing how to serve others. It's knowing that my life is not just for me. You know, don't confuse familiarity with maturity. Just because you know all the back streets on your drive to church doesn't mean you're a mature Christian. I mean, if your walk with Jesus is just serving you, well, what Jesus are you serving, really? Don't allow your view of discipleship to be put in a box either. Oh, I run a small group, or I, I, I welcome people, or I run a course. No, no, no. As it said in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16, we read it just before, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly, it says, as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow, so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. You, you might not believe this today, but you have a special work that God wants to do through you. You don't need to know it all, but you can help someone on their journey. You have a part to play in maturing yourself and helping others mature. And you have a part to play in this church. If you've made everyone church your home church, you have a part to play here. This isn't just like a drive-through. You come here, you receive, receive, receive. No, you have a part to play. This is how these things work, how the body of Christ works. So last question today as we wrap up here, where does discipleship start? Well, I believe it starts practically with a conversation. It starts with a conversation. I just think about how much my walk with the Lord has been changed and helped and molded one conversation at a time. And and conversations with the right people. When I was in high school, um, I, I had just become a Christian. I, I was young. I really didn't really know anything about Christianity. Looking back on it, but you know, I, I'd, I'd, I'd you know heard the gospel. It was so amazing. And I remember about oh gosh, it would only been a few months into it. I was like, man, I think I want to not do this anymore. It was like <laughs> the most epic, like you know, 13, 14 year old thing to do. Oh, I've decided what I'm going to do now. I'm not going to do this. And I remember I went to my uh, scripture teacher, Troy, who's spoken in our church before, and he's a great friend in the faith. And I went to him. I said, hey, uh, in my like 13, 14-year-old way, I was like, I'm good, man. I'm, I'm done with this. And Troy gave me my scripture evaluation form, which at the end of scripture all the students would be asked to fill out an evaluation form of like, how did they find scripture? And, uh, and it was obviously, I just heard the gospel. So I was like, man, Jesus is amazing. My goodness. I love him. I, I, I want to know him. I want to walk with him forever. And I remember I, I left his office and I, I was, uh, looking at my scripture evaluation form and looking at the person who it's like as I was looking at that form I was seeing the person who had just heard the gospel and here I am going uh you know I, I don't you know I think I'd, I don't want to lose some friends because of my faith I don't want to yeah I was, I was I was selfish I was learning on my journey and I just think about how much that conversation with the right person changed the trajectory of my Christian walk. And it led me to repentance. It led me to grow. And I pray and I hope that you can find the right people in our church and in your life 
to have the right conversation with you. You know, don't despise the person who looks you in the eyes and says, hey, get back on track. Hey, come on, grow up. These are great conversations that can help us and lead us and encourage us toward maturity. So who do you need to talk to today? What do you need to ask? And maybe you need to talk to God first and talk to him. And we want to follow him. We engage in discipleship at Everyone Church. Well, I hope the word helped you today and encouraged you and challenged you. And if you want any help on your discipleship journey, please get in contact with Maria and I. We'd love to help you mature in the Lord. Have a blessed week. Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you for every person in Everyone Church. And I pray that, I ask, Lord, that you would help us mature in you. Help us be a body of Christ that uh, does its special work for each other. And we help mature each other, help grow each other, help uh, bind each other together in unity and love for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, have have a blessed week this week. Remember, we have online church next week. We have Combined Connect coming up on, on uh, September 18th with our pastors, Pastor Jack and Carol. Remember to check out our website for all the upcoming events and stuff like that, and we will see you soon. 